Welcome, Gothamites, to episode 95. We're getting to 100, exactly. Who knew? I am the knight, and this one is another, well, we say every week, another banger. It's Old Wounds, written by Rich Fogel and directed by Kurt Gieder, two mainstays. And with me is another mainstay, another legend, Adam Ray. Greetings, citizens of Gotham City, Bloodhaven, and the surrounding boroughs. Uh, I think it's really pertinent that uh, we've been doing this sort of format of our show for such a long time because with my father here with the Gotham skyline and here my own set of collectibles over here in Bloodhaven, it's uh, it's about time we heard this story, the division between Bat and Bird. Uh, I'm fortunate that in real life this Batman and Robin departure was a lot more peaceful, but uh, still it makes for an interesting story either way and a very personal story between the Robins, past and present. But uh, yeah, I, I didn't realize how much this story was needed. And there's a lot of elements to it that I thought really hit home. Couldn't agree more. From the opening with two muggers, and that's always a crime that the entire Batman family despise Batman more than most for obvious reasons. But with the two muggers coming out in the corner and being attacked by the dynamic duo of Robin and Nightwing, that from the get-go to me was oh this is so cool but like you said i didn't expect nightwing's story that's the tale of how he left batman's side to come in well it's not even early it's more than halfway through the season i guess so it's probably a bit late but mm. i don't know if i was expecting it at all i again it was needed it was yeah, very needed totally. to sort of give to explain but i think it's timed well enough so that we finally get the context so that they can actually reconcile yeah. Um, that way, Nightwing is not as jaded towards Batman and wants to try and like be his own person. And it's also a way for Batman to sort of like own up, take a little bit of self pride that he's raised a good egg, who's going out and defending his own corner of the city or his own city or what have you. So both characters need this to emotionally grow. So I mean, like I would have liked to have seen it earlier just for the sake of it being a compelling story, but it happened when it needed to happen. I can trust this creative team to do things exactly as they needed to do. And we know, of course, because I've recently we talked about it, that the order that they appear in the box set is actually the order that the writers intended. It's not the order in which they were released or um, actually um, broadcast. So I wonder where it did c come out on the original run. But you're right, coming in this late, is it a bit late or is it just in time? And I, I feel it's just in time. It, it works brilliantly with what's gone before. Particularly the scene with Barbara later in the episode, but we'll come to that. But just everything about this episode. I mean, Richard Rich Fogel, we said, Kurt Gieder, um, legends in this series, they've been there almost from the beginning. Yeah. And, and the, the script, the writing. Um, <laughs> when Tim says to Dick, you sound just like Batman. And that is the worst thing you could say to Dick Grayson at this stage when he's just come back as Nightwing and he's making his own way. And it's frighteningly similar to the comics of the year as well so again that tribute and that knowledge of the source material just made me really happy i think that's i think this part of the story just like with whichever media you're looking at be it this animated series the original comics or even the live action titan series there has to be some level of like misgivings or bad blood or animosity between yeah. batman and nightwing that led to their split obviously of course the they've they've come to the same side a lot more now but they're also still very tentative around each other 
uh, obviously it's not anywhere near as uh, explosive as the departure between Batman and uh, the comic book Jason Todd. But yeah, it's it makes sense for there to be a bit of a disconnect there because I think a lot of people mostly argue like that when they're in close quarters because they're so similar. And that's not something well, that anybody... Well said. Yeah, and that's not something that anybody wants to be sold. If you're feuding with something, somebody, the last thing you want to be told is just that you sound similar from a third party. So that really hit home for Nightwing, especially... But then again, um, Robin was correct. Like, I, in my notes, I wrote down... 100%, just getting, yeah. Getting a lot of tough love from, from Nightwing. But you'd expect Nightwing to be the one who'd be sympathetic to a upstart new Robin. So, yeah, that it needed the story needed to be told for that context. Yeah, I love what you said, that they're so similar, because it, it's a fact. From 1940, since Dick Grayson's debut, to the early 80s when he left the nest, um, the trouble with Nightwing and Batman, between Dick Grayson and Bruce Wayne, is they're completely different, yet they're exactly the damn same. In terms of their drive, yeah, one's more flamboyant, more boisterous, more fun. One's darker, grimmer, grittier. But in terms of what they want, in terms of their ethos the, the, the way they work they are exactly the same they want to get the job done they just do it slightly differently and the other line as well where um so what happened between you and batman you were the best dynamic duo batman and robin and dick says things change and again tim just looks at him and says hmm, i had this conversation with batman do you know what he said what things change and again he gets dick again with his own words and that just starts i think brilliantly to lead to the end of the episode where Dick realizes, well, maybe I was wrong about Batman. And, and there's a point in the episode where I got really upset and I thought, no. Oh, yeah. And and then I had to eat my words by the end of the episode, which, again, I love happening. But anyway, yeah, yeah. please. We'll get to that. We'll get to yeah. that. Because if I know you, that the bit that bugged you bugged me too. And I was like, whoa, especially with what's going on in the comics of the present. But we're, we're getting exactly. there. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, finally we get Nightwing's story and some vintage dialogue from Barbara, oh. from Dick, from Tim, and from Alfred. Yes. Oh. Uh, Alfred, Alfred was at his absolute best. We know him to have that dry British sock. Yes. But like twice in this episode, he was beautiful and on yeah. form. I mean, right from the start, yeah, isn't it? Where Dick's telling his story and he goes, um, I was at the cave and... Uh, he Batman misses his graduation, and that is like, oh, Bruce, come on! And it's, so, where is he? And the office, car trouble. Car trouble. And there he is, fighting <laughs> yeah. a mobster on a car. So good. Oh, so good. Wonderful. What did you make of that? Oh no, yeah, that's. It's rare that like we get such like natural humor from Batman being the butt of the joke. We haven't really, I haven't really seen stuff like that from like um, the Lego Batman movie or the Super Pets movie, but like Batman being the butt of the joke, but then it's still being like a huge emotional shock of it being a cutaway into like some intense action. It, it makes sense that that would be probably the only reason that Batman would ever miss something as important as this uh, graduation, especially since he got out with highest honors. Um, but like the emotional just jump of it. It's a uh, very effective, like sudden uh, bathos comedy. So I really appreciate it. Alfred does it again. 
and it fits though it's not like yeah. some of the humor we get in and i'm sorry if i've said this before but i think you agree with me it's not like some of the shoehorned ill-fitting badly timed um atmosphere wrecking humor that we get in a lot of the marvel movies and tv shows where oh. it just you know it, it just does not this just worked and it went straight into action when it happened and it, it actually described the characters in the situation brilliantly it was a moment of levity that informed the actual story it wasn't there just to break the tension it there it was there actually adding to the plot it was a it was just a good bit of writing it didn't distract from anything like a lot of the like the sudden change of the tones would be in the marvel movies but then again that's why people can't take those movies too seriously more. but then again not we're not here to bash them we're right. here to lift up some of the better stories absolutely we're here to talk about the the genius and wonder that is batman the animated series and of course we already said finally nightwing story and again another finally moment finally dick and babs as a couple and again you know me i'm yeah. a hopeless old romantic for me barbara and and dick grayson are the, the couple in comics and the sooner these two idiots get married the better and it seems to be getting closer in the comics it seems to be coming nearer and nearer episode by episode month by month in tom taylor's remarkable nightwing run but here we see it for the first time concretely explicitly stated in the show and oh it just feels really effortless in this in the couple yeah. of scenes we have together. Like the first scene where they're on that date, it just seems really effortless and natural. And for those who wouldn't have known about it, they were just sort of like, oh, wow. Oh, OK, that makes sense. Because I think a lot of people my age would probably, who people my age who know the characters well enough, would probably assume that Dick Grayson would probably be uh, with, uh, with Corey, with Starfire. And they're a great couple in their own right as well. But there was that of two worlds thing that sort of keeps them apart. Whereas Nightwing and Batgirl, Robert Gordon and, and Nightwing, they are just like so joined by the same struggles, the same crime, the same yeah. trauma of dealing with the Joker over and over again, that it makes sense for them to be together. And that's why it felt so natural in this episode. And that's why it's looking to be so natural in the comics proper yeah and obviously with ultra super mega nerds like myself knowing that yeah. the dick Corey thing happened after he left bruce yeah when he started leading the titans and he stopped being robin so again this fits both narratives perfectly because yeah. i feel that well we'll talk about it later in the episode um that this is actually also the end of that stage of the bruce of the bruce of the dick and, and barbara relationship but mm. we'll we'll come to that um because you brilliantly mentioned Joker. Yeah. Another thing I love about this episode is it mirrors, but doesn't ape or rip off the final Dick Grayson as Robin story from the comics, from yeah. the new adventures of Batman, which the same issue where Dick left is the issue issue where we met the street urchin, Jason Todd stealing the tires of the Batmobile. And it was the Joker again. That was the catalyst. And again, a little touch. <sighs> That makes the what means worlds to me. It's done by creators with the oversight of Warner, obviously, but it's done by the creators who just deeply love the comics and they find their way to put the truth of the source material back into a new retelling of classic tales. So it's when it's handled with that much care and attention, with that level of attention to detail and a level of attention to the history it's hard to it's hard to go wrong so they've done wonders here truly 
so so good and we get the whole uh, thing of Joker coming in as a surprise because I was not expecting it. I should have been because it was Dick Grayson's story of why he left and I should have expected the Joker in it. But I expected it to get darker like it does in the comics. But no, it does it in the perfect Batman animated series way where the Joker is the catalyst. But still what breaks the relationship is Bruce and Dick mm. and a Dick move on Bruce's part with Barbara. And it was telegraphed. The fact that we saw Dick and Babs as a couple and then Bruce revealing his identity and telling Barbara he knew all along she was Batgirl. Again, that was sorely missed. I wondered when that was going to come in. And the fact they've married it into this episode and then brought the Joker in to surprise me. Brilliant. I can Truly. still be surprised. I can still be told by writers, now you don't know what's happening. It's a hard thing to do. I think um, for a lot of uh, detective stories and like the, oh, yeah. uh, like, um, and a lot of Harlan Coben sort of TV dramas that you and my mother love uh she always turns to you and asks you all right what's going on you usually work it out or you get very close so anything that can surprise the likes of us someone who's read a lot and someone who studied writing myself um we appreciate that i'm less inclined to be surprised i'm more just here for the ride so the emotional roller coaster of dick not knowing who to trust uh batman sort of flim flamming onto what who he can trust and to what actions are trustworthy and then just the emotional roller coaster of the joker just doing joker things yeah all of those things building up at once make a lot of emotional sense for uh dick to leave the team and to leave gotham city for a while so yeah it all adds up to a natural story that still feels so true to the comics they came from but it's still definitely new and a lot lighter in tone than the stuff they were inspired by for the younger viewers for Saturday morning viewing. Yeah, brilliantly handled. Which leads me to the part of the episode where I actually got really yeah. angry and I thought, Rich Fogel, you do not know Batman. Yeah, I was and like, it's the yeah, scene, it's too. Yeah, it's the scene where they track down the poor flunky that Joker basically used as cannon fodder for Batman to beat up so him and his goons could escape. And that, that was literally the whole guy's purpose. See, the thing about that dude, sorry to cut you off, the thing yeah. about that dude... The fact that he was just sort of like brought along a little bit bumbling, a little bit green, not sure of himself. That really reminded me of how the Joker air quotes was when he was in the oh, big red hood. You read my Joker. mind. You read my mind. It's exactly what I was going to say. You read my mind. And again, like the goons who took him on that jaunt, mm-hmm. he did not give a monkeys about this guy. He was just no. there to stop Batman. But obviously Dick and Bruce tracing back to his apartment and Dick is being the typical good person. I mean, I love Dick Grayson. He's literally the perfect synthesis of Superman and Batman, but cooler than both in some ways. And when Batman, to me, totally against character, really hammered this guy in front of his wife and kid in his own home, I thought, no, what, what is going on? I'm not going to spoil it till the very end because I was, yeah, um, Rich Fogel, I, I apologise. You were right, I was wrong. Please forgive me. But that's just sort of the interesting thing about the moral quandary about how Batman operates. I feel like if Batman had cornered this dude in an alleyway and just like did the rope snare trick of just hanging him upside down from the building and then asked him these questions in that tone, would we, the viewer, have minded so much if we didn't know that he had a family at, at home and the family wasn't witness to this and the little no. and his little kid was just so adorable there as a spaceman with a in the spaceman helmet with a ray gun? So 
it puts Batman's morals further into question, which is what Dick sort of like <sighs> acted on. So, like, I love I love Batman. I've been raised on him so much that it'd be impossible for me to otherwise. Your fault. Never mind. Moving <laughs> on. Um, how much of Batman's actions in this kind of capacity can we excuse, really? See, the thing is, it's because of that ending that leads me to believe that Bruce, Batman, again, differentiating the two personalities, Bruce knew who this guy was before he even got to that apartment. And when he saw the apartment, he goes, oh, this guy, okay. I need to scare the living Jesus out of him as Batman so he doesn't make the connection that I'm also Bruce Wayne so Bruce Wayne can save him. That's what I actually think happened. And I didn't get that right to the end. I just thought Batman was out of order, out of line and acting out of character. But to me, well, we've said it before, no one knows this is like Batman. He's shown in the comics on several occasions that with hoodlums that he stopped in the past or tried to stop in the past, he says, oh, you slip back to a bad ways. I give you a chance, um, whatever else. I think he knew this guy going in and that's why he went this far. But that comes at the end. Well, might as well say it now that at the end, we find this guy has settled down, left the life of crime. He's a security guard for who else? Wayne Enterprises because Wayne gave him the job. And that's when I thought, okay, yeah, that's the reason. He was just trying to put that mm. blinder down between the Bruce and Batman personalities. And I think Dick saw it too, because at the end he thought, okay, yeah, I should have trusted Batman more. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just wary of it. I'm just trying to think about that side of things. Of course, you're a writer. The, uh, that makes no, sense. Yeah, I'm also a writer who. I'm a writer and a reader, and right now I'm reading things in context with what's going up with the upcoming uh, crossover event. So, which is amazing so far. It truly is. So we've seen Batman fall very deep into his own personal beliefs and his own dogma. I think dogma is actually the correct word for this because he's just dogmatic and not willing to be deterred or persuaded. So I was worried that we were seeing glimmers of that because this is a perspective of Batman that I honestly hadn't thought about. It might be worth discussing this in a different in a different platform, but it's something I would like to talk about maybe when the event's finished. Well, that different platform is coming soon, but we'll talk about that later, dear listener. Oh, delicious. Delicious. We will talk about that soon. Uh, stay tuned to the end of the episode. But in any case, switching back to this story... Um, I think something you touched on a little bit before about how Joker didn't care at all about this one particular goon. I think it was very telling that uh, the Joker was the big emotional crux of things towards the end because, like Batman knew so well, the final bit of action was Joker just sowing wanton destruction because he can. Vintage Joker. Yeah. And Vintage Hamill, because again, um, this is mainly a story apart from Connor's story, the, the, the goon left in the lurch. This is a story about the Joker and Batman, Batgirl and Nightwing, and the story of their relationship. The the flawed parent, the world's most okay dad, as he's known <laughs> in the Batman family adventures uh, and in this series. And What's brilliantly done, because again, they break that tension with me really being mad with Bruce and being mad with, with Rich Fogel as a writer, to the scene where Bruce says, you really care about Dick, don't you? And takes Babs to the Batcave, tells her he's always known she's been Batgirl. And of course, they're down there. Oh, yeah. And Alfred walks out and goes, ah. Oh, he strikes again. Miss Gordon. Um, yes. I'm Batman. Very well. 
you've caught me. I will admit, I am Batman. It's okay, Alfred. And oh, just brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. That, again, like humor to lighten emotional tension. That's that's good writing there. It's not just giving a rousing, stirring speech to the to another character and to a to the viewers and then tripping on a banana peel from other media. It's done with intent to let other things sink in, but then to sort of let the big, huge plot developments that had just happened once, twice, lighten it with a bit of humor before going into the dramatic conclusion. So yeah, it makes perfect sense and we're happy to see it. Good old Alpha Strikes so again. Good. So good. And it's not only Alfred that strikes again. There's some vintage Joker moments in this episode as well, where they're fighting on the roof. And I want your take on this, actually. They're fighting on the roof, the two goons and the Joker against uh, Batman and Batgirl at first. And, of course, um, we see Bud and Lou, Harley's hyenas. Yeah. But no Harley. So is this one of those episodes where Joker's, done his worst and battered the poor girl and she's on the sidelines and he's still using her babies as attack machines or am i reading too much into it i mean honestly probably one of my notes was weird to see the hyenas without harley quinn um honestly i think it's i think it makes total sense i think it's um particularly dark of the joker but then again it's, the joker's not past anything i think um I think it's definitely a possibility, but that's something we're going to see a lot more at episode 100 and other reasons. But um, that's just the Joker's sort of chaos, really. He'll do whatever he can just to make as much destruction happen possible. Absolutely. I agree 100%. And of course, with Bud and Lou attacking Batman, obviously Batman has to defend himself. So he obviously has to um, swipe at the, the pooches. And in a line that's so brilliantly delivered, I have to give as much credit to Mark Hamill as I do to Rich Fogel for writing it. Joker says, hey, Batman, do I hit your kids? Oh, yeah. Actually, thinking about it, yeah, I do. <laughs> and it's it's beautiful. It's, it's just beautiful. so effortless and um, so like natural that it makes total sense that, yes, of course the Joker would think that way. But... Uh, he didn't. He he would sort of think of the hyenas as kids because that's who he shares with Harley Quinn. But Harley Quinn's nowhere to be seen. It's just the twisted, sort of tortured mind that I think I'm going to sort of jump ahead to my main takeaway. I think that this episode was it. definitely like an emphasis on the family dynamic between Batman and Nightwing. I think we saw a lot of great Joker in this episode simply for the moment where he's like, oh, "Do I have to do everything myself?" picks up the Tommy gun and then shoots wildly, perfectly okay with hitting his two goons because he truly doesn't care. Joker. And I think that sort of like heightened emotions really contributed to uh, Dick really needing to leave, as well as one more thing that I'm going to try and get your opinion on when you bring it up. Okay. Okay. Well, it's obviously something you're fairly sure I'm going to bring up. You're probably right because you know me as well as uh, Bruce, Dick and Tim and Babs all know each other. So yeah, um, my main takeaways are so many. The emotional content and the fact that they've telegraphed it with the relationship between Dick and Babs and the split between Bruce and Dick, that uh, I'm mad at Dick and Babs as well because they didn't trust each other enough to tell each other before Bruce got involved who they were and why. The bit where Dick 
literally turns up at Barbara's appoint, apartment at stupid o'clock in the morning, ranting and raving, and she's looking at him like, what are you even talking about? And he, even then I said, tell her, tell her, you idiot, tell her. But he doesn't. And then he gets mad at Bruce for telling her, and then but, but, so, well, you know, you can talk. And besides, he didn't tell me. I didn't tell him who I was. He worked it out. Duh, he's Batman. Yeah, he's Batman. And it's little things like that. Just it's just genius writing that the, these guys get these characters so well. And even with that moment where I thought, no, you don't get Batman at all. I've now justified that that he knew what he was doing when he went in there. And the fact that Bruce gave the guy a job is. One of the criticisms I hear about Batman a lot is that, hey, yeah, he goes down and he beats the little guy in the alleyway. Why doesn't he, as Bruce Wayne, fight crime from up? Bob and I said, well, clearly these guys yes, have never does. read a Batman comic in their life. Because, yes, he does. Hmm. And this is case in point, living proof. Bruce Wayne gives a goon hmm. a job and that goon turns his life around. And Bruce Wayne's charities, the Wayne Foundation, the hospitals, the orphanages, the orphanages multiple the fact at one point in the comics where he lost wayne manor that became an orphanage yep, which they even use in the christopher nolan movies people read a batman comic before you criticize batman because yes the movies and tv shows tend to only show the action side of it yeah there's so much more to the character i mean it's even down to the fact that the bruce wayne card in the dc card game dc dual force right now as at the start of your turn creates an investment card in you because bruce wayne invests in gotham city to try and make it better Makes total sense, case. right? Makes total sense. Yes. But uh, I think the 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 main point of the episode was that it showed why the split happened. Yes. The emotional stakes around it, and then a possible hope for reconciliation in a future episode. But I think one detail of like the emotional stakes that really split the rift between them mm. was that when the Joker's um, surf skill transferometer. Sorry, his out uh, the radar dish. <laughs> uh, his big evil oh, wow. science thing that he uses to do the crimes um, blew up. Uh, was Bruce counting on Dick to be able to stay clear of the blast, or was he swooping in to save Batgirl because she's the most inexperienced, or did he not enter Bruce's into Batman's mind because there was a lot of yeah. Bruce so you. But did Dick know the prisoner? That's the issue. That's that, the and issue. that's what I think was another part of the split. Bruce knew Dick could take Hazel. But that brought me to another part of it, which was another one of my takeaways. Because obviously a few weeks ago, um, James and I, and I'm sure you saw the episode, talked about Over the Edge where um, Barbara's worst nightmare um, induced by scarecrow fear toxin was being killed and she's killed by being knocked off a tall skyscraper by the scarecrow and batman going off the rails and being hunted down by jim gordon and to see barbara falling off that skyscraper then leads me to of course if this happened in her past no wonder that's such a vivid image in her scarecrow induced nightmare but the science of that scene the way dick saves her by shooting himself up in the jetpack then slightly, slowly falling so there's less of an impact. Because if he did hit her at full force, mm. he could have smacked her in half. But the fact he started falling almost at the same time as he, she was reaching yeah. him, and then he used the grapnel gun, I thought, these writers are yeah. so damn good at their jobs. That's why I find it so fun whenever I read Superman when he's when someone's falling out of a building and he flies up to meet them, considering Superman's strength and Superman's speed. Instead of catching someone, he would split them to three equal pieces. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Easily. 
which I find so which I find yeah. so funny. It's just like uh, uh, the force that he uses to fly slows them down. Yeah, what? Yeah, um, explain that fully, please. Where is that? Where is that documented? If he slows down to their speed, that's fine, so that we can get Margot Skidder saying, "You've got me. Who's got you?" Yeah, absolutely. And again, people. Um, frequently talk about how amazingly superior the Snyder Cut was the moment where Barry Allen saves Iris and even though he's traveling at incredible speeds when he does reach her it's the gentlest slowest movements to slow her down and catch her oh yeah because just... yeah, if the flash does that at full speed yeah uh, like she's she in a thousand dis- pieces yeah she's disintegrated straight <laughs> up so it was lovely to see that yeah. And I, again, it's not something you'd expect from your normal kids TV. Most people just watch it. Yeah, Dick catches her, swings away. But the fact they went to that effort just makes me really happy. Yeah. So before we wrap up, do we have any good voice credits you want to highlight? Well, like I said, it was everybody um, that we've seen before, apart from Connor the Goon, the uh, played by Ian Buchanan. And, and guess what? That's be good. Once again... This guy who appears in four scenes and has about 10 lines of dialogue, um, voice acting legend and TV soap opera legend, winner of more uh, Soap Digest Awards than anyone else I've seen in the history of this series. But let's just talk through a few of his credits because, again, I'd be here all night otherwise. So not only did he appear in Batman the Animated Series, he did appear in Batman Beyond as the splicer Abel Colvier, which is an episode which I think I remember. In two episodes of Justice League, Believe it or not, this unassuming goon is also the voice of the ultra-humanite. Oh, wow. Exactly. Sure. Wait. He appeared in the 90s Flash TV show with John Wesley Shipp in Quantum Leap, Gargoyles, Stargate. Um, He's a Scottish actor who won every award imaginable in General Hospital, All My Children, Days of Our Lives, The Bold and The Beautiful. He's appeared in Twin Peaks. And his crowning achievement, for me at least, and I'm sure, I hope you have at least, I know how much you love the Brave and the Bold cartoon series. Do you remember an episode called Trials of the Demon, which featured an appearance by Sherlock Holmes? Yeah. Played by Ian Buchanan. He played Sherlock Holmes? He played Sherlock Holmes in that episode. Oh, brilliant. (laughs) <laughs> oh that's so good well i love batman the brave and the bold and i love sherlock holmes so it's a it's definitely perfect there. i knew you'd like that you're I, sherlock holmes biggest fan after i'm after myself that i know yeah most definitely um i think once again like bit part powers strike back with andrew romano's voice casting i think it makes sense though because we want a tenured actor that's done lots of exactly. dramatic roles in all those soaps to go from like the shaky scared of the beginning to the humble gratitude of being given a second chance by the end of the episode. So yeah, inspired casting and perfectly performed. And do we expect anything less of this wonderful show? Honestly, we honestly we go in with at this point we go in with very high expectations because yeah. every episode has yeah. been a winner, but mm. we've not been let down. We've been confused, I'd say to the max, but I think that's why this show has continued to stand the test of time for every generation of people that know Batman. It's just consistent across the board. This show has probably been more of a gateway into loving Batman than anything before it. I mean, I know a lot of people have got into the series because of the Tim Burton movies, people of my generation because of the Adam West TV show. But this series, the fact that 30 years later, it's not just us talking about it, there are other shows 
that um, talk about Battle of the Anti series, probably not as well as we do, says massive head swelling, but mm. um, the uh, podcast awards um, speak for themselves. But anyway, I digress. Um, mm. This show, as you said, yet to let us down, even though I was dreadfully expecting us to, because usually the last season of any show is them wrapping up and just doing it the worst way possible. And rarely is the last season the best of any show. Um, and this could be actually the best series season of the show. I think it's just like fascinating to me that when we started this show 95 episodes ago, mm. of our show at least, that we saw Batman still very competent, still very powerful, mm. still very skilled, but very clearly at the beginning of his career. Yes. This Batman has grown so much, but so subtly that it's amazing to think back and look back on. So that we've seen him sort of like be unsure and still learning the ropes as he go, having his first appearance, first encounters with so many iconic villains into him having a family, having all of these other crime fighting allies beside him, him still wavering as to whether or not his crusades any good into him wondering if the crusades of the people that he's trained and brought up is any good so so much growth has happened and so much emotional weight has been given to these characters that they've gone through these journeys that you, them, just, yeah. you just don't see that done quite as well through like mainline tv as well as quote unquote saturday morning cartoons character development people this series yeah. does it better than just about any other who'd have thought it absolutely so that's it that's our breakdown of another brilliant episode old wounds uh season three episode 17 of batman the animated series great action great writing great drama great voices but um adam tell people where they can catch all your dramatic intentions and hear your voice across tinterwebs I do a great many things across the great wide universe. Uh, for Batman and DC Comics flavored things, look no further than Dark Knight News. I review multiple titles a month. Catwoman's in an excellent spot right now, as is the look of Batman of the future. So good. And um, I do believe I might have been able to snag a further look at the upcoming uh, crossover between Batman and Catwoman and the entire Bat family. Yes, Batman you've got the Red Hood crossover too. Yes, absolutely. Very excited to see how things shake up in the Gotham War. But as for my one true love, PC and tabletop gaming, look no further than our pride and joy, fantasticuniverses.com, where I post my two cents about PC, console, tabletop gaming, and everything in between. Look to twitch.tv forward slash isatinkra for my own infrequent live streams of me playing various collectible card games, including DC Dual Force. Uh, I need to go through and like refine some of my tech, but... Uh, my tribute to uh, Arlene Talkins, Harley Quinn was a uh, rousing success, and I may do a few more themed episodes there as well as whatever else I fancy playing. Talk to me on Twitter at IsItTinkerer and wherever you may find good written things about all things nerdy and tasty. Wonderful. And please do those things because you will enjoy them, I promise you. As for myself, just type Steve J. Ray. Fantastic Universes, or even Steve J. Ray's Fantastic Universes, into your search engine of choice to read my work across Fantastic Universes, DC Comics News, and Dark Knight News as well. News, reviews, features, and interviews. Listen to this show and to the main DC Comics News podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you else to get your podcasts, and see these heroic visages on the tube of 
you. Um, catch us on social media at DC Comics News, at DK Newscom, at Fan Universe, Fan Universes on Twitter, across the internet and everywhere else. You may seek to find yummy, nerdy goodness. But until you do, Adam Ray is the night. Together we are the night. And this has been the I Am the Night podcast. Thank you for listening. And until next time, read more comics and watch more Batman. Batman. Batman.